0: You're listening to the Date Smarter, Sexier podcast with dating and relationship coach Andrea LaRosa and my co-host and producer, Kanan John Dewey.
1: Baby, here I am, I'm a man on the scene. I can give you what you want, but you got to go home with me. I forgot some good old love, and then I got some in store. When I get the when it on you you got to come back for more things will come that ain't nothing but drugs to love it little thing let me like to count, not call mama I'm so hard to hell and I yes around
0: i am really excited to talk about today's topic because this kind of plays into the new book that i'm writing and i think it's for an author it's really helpful to talk about these things before I start writing them up. So I'm kind of stoked that we're going to be talking about two really, 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 really important relationship aspects <clears throat> over the next like handful of episodes. And yes, I am being secretive about it on purpose.
1: Uh, well, wait. Uh, well, about the next few episodes? Yes. But today yeah. wait, you just dropped a little nugget for us. That's a little note, like a little, uh, whatever. Um <laughs> Chelsea Handler used to say that a lot of her show. I used to watch Chelsea lately, like a few years ago. Oh, show. yeah. Yeah, but that's like a little, you just dropped a little nugget on us. You're working on your second book now. So that's pretty I am. exciting. Oh, Very my god, Very consistently, too. Yeah. Like, we're like building up on some leverage after the first book. It The first book is so beautiful. Um, oh, Those of you listening to the show, I hope you either got your copy on your Kindle or your physical copy through Amazon is through prime. So you can get it right away. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the audio book will be out in the next, I think three months or so.
1: Okay. That, well, that's exciting.
0: Yeah. Uh, So I'm really excited. I'm not doing it. It's not me reading it. Uh, someone, we hired someone to do it through the publisher. Um, but I think, I think maybe within the next three months, it should be final and awesome.
1: up on audibles audible well we, you know what
0: i will be in audible
1: we're already on audible don't forget because we're the wonderful show you're listening to if you're not listening to us on spotify or apple I, apple or um iheart radio we are also on audible so if you are like heavy into mm-hmm. your audiobooks so you love listening to us but you want something to just throw in there throw date smarter sexier Podcast into your little library. And that's like a great place to see us because I feel like we drop so much knowledge on our show. Our entire library of episodes is basically a book.
0: It really is. And it's pretty much probably the first book. And now that we're going to focus on relationships this season, this Mm -hmm. is really going to kind of go into the second book because the second book, while yes, it is about dating still, it's going to really dive really deep into boundaries, communication. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be a really quick read. I'm going to just make it super simple for
1: everyone, but. Very digestible.
0: Yeah. You know, six simple steps to. Like swallowing a load
1: early in the morning. Very digestible.
0: Is that though?
1: No, it's not. It usually turns my stomach. <laughs> but the for me, was very digestible. I
0: couldn't do it because i'm fasting in the morning and
1: that's calories that is calories i learned like so what said that they're like you know that semen is calories right that's why i don't swallow i said oh that's why you're so skinny heard that (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so boundaries is what we're going to be talking about we're going to talk
0: about some boundaries today Mm. all about them boundaries to be fair, there's no way we're going to talk about everything related around boundaries in one episode. Mm. However, boundaries you, are so fucking important.
1: It is. But before you get totally into it, is a boundary or should a boundary be? Because recently, an uh, ex of mine sent me a message on LinkedIn. I never go on LinkedIn. Like never, ever, 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 mm. ever, ever. <sighs> but that's the only place I'm still friends with this guy at and he was basically if it was if my if I wasn't with my husband he would probably be the one that I would consider that got away he was like right choir director he's so handsome when he used to fuck me oh my god I used to like just come on his belly just from him like doing things to me like he made me feel so safe and but you know our signs didn't align he was a Pisces, I'm a Sagittarius. Uh, the communication was fucking terrible. So the question is should a boundary be me not responding to him sending me a message on LinkedIn? Should I just leave that in the past since I'm in a healthy relationship with my husband? Healthy-ish. Well, healthy-ish.
0: I mean healthy. You can call oh. it healthy. It's okay.
1: Okay. All know, relationships
0: wanna... have issues and challenges. Okay. It doesn't yeah. make them unhealthy. Okay. Um, but the real, the real, I guess the way to really decide if you want to communicate with him is for you to decide what your boundary is around your relationship, how you respect your relationship Mm -hmm. and what your boundary is around exes. Yeah. So the biggest problem I see is that people look at, well, there's two. One is they misunderstand boundaries as being walls. That's not mm-hmm. what boundaries are. And misunderstanding, like, should I put a boundary up around this particular situation? But I don't know what my boundaries are around mm-hmm. situations similar to this. So first you have to decide where your boundaries are and how do you decide what a boundary is? It's the respect you show to your marriage. Mm-hmm. Will this interfere with that boundary?
1: Uh, yes, yes, yeah. Yes, I do wonder that because, um, I feel like even when you break up with people, like there's a reason you broke up. That's why I'm one of those few <laughs> people that don't We had a conversation about this in another episode. Oh I yeah. Really agree, we totally like, disagree yeah. on this one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but that being said, I always still think that there's still like the feelings are still there for an ex. If you did like care, I, which is why I don't totally understand exes that hate each other. Like that shit that went down in the press with um Johnny Depp and uh, his ex Amber Heard and how, how ugly it got, not even oh just him, God. any celebrity couple basic or any high profile couple that goes through something and it ends up in our core and it just becomes like a mud throwing fest. And I'm always just like, how do you get there with someone that you once loved? So that being said, I always feel like with an ex, there's always that little underlying thing mm-hmm. that that first got you two together and honestly, the last time I talked to him, I was afraid to even tell him that we were married. I was married.
0: So do he you said, think you should be responding to him if you can't even be honest about your current
1: relationship? Yeah, that's probably a boundary I should leave like left up there. Cause if he's already having me questioning my feelings and everything and like, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying that because I know some people don't respect that boundary in their relationship. Some people engage, right. like they'll right. get that DM. They'll get that message on Facebook and they're like, you know, I'm going to go full on with this. Let's see what's going to happen. Maybe I'll get some fun in my life. But then I realize when people do that, sometimes A, it might be an opportunity for you to really, truly get the life that you've always wanted with this guy or girl that got away, blah, 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 blah. Or B, it completely creates chaos in your life. It, it mm-hmm. creates a uh, trust issue in your relationship. It may affect you sexually because if you're probably holding out this other person, if you did connect with them. So just because yeah. of a whole bunch of fucking things. So,
0: well, the, the issue is the boundary isn't about the other person. The boundary is about putting, um, putting the boundary around the respect of your current relationship. For People who are listening, if you are in a current relationship, because we know this shit happens a lot, you're in a relationship, whether you're married or just dating or you know, two years in, doesn't matter how long it is, but you are in a relationship with someone else and an ex reaches out to you. The boundary isn't about you and the ex, actually. The boundary is about you and your current partner. Mm. The boundary is how, how do I show that I respect my partner? myself and the relationship that we are currently in. Mm. Mm. Do I go to my part and everyone's boundary around this is going to look so different because maybe you have the relationship with your partner where you have the conversation and you say, this person reached out to me, you know, I want to talk to you. Is it okay if I respond to them? Are you going to be uncomfortable if I respond to them? And what level do we cut off communication with this person? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe your partner might say, yeah, cool. Respond. I don't care. Just don't spend any time with them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is most likely what you will probably say. Because
0: you don't want that. You don't want someone spending quality time with an ex, no matter how healthy you think your relationship is. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's the three of us are going, or hey, hun, I need closure on this per- with this person on a past relationship, whatever it looks like. But you have to talk to your partner, and your boundary is set around the current relationship, and that's the boundary you're respecting. Mm-hmm.
1: And I would imagine that's probably how open relationships work, or or relationships that have a little bit more leadway into who they're being Mm -hmm. sexual with being romantic with yada 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 it's like knowing what the boundaries are because i remember when we first started to like open up our relationship one of our main boundaries and i know boundaries can go can mean many different things but i'm just jumping onto this for a hot second yeah our main boundaries was like no kissing other people because we felt that that was such an intimate thing like you know to kiss another person yeah yeah meanwhile it's like you're around running around here sucking cocks and eating ass but no
0: but it doesn't matter this thing
1: is where I draw the line, I guess, because it's an intimacy thing that we don't want to experience with a stranger. And that's usually where I draw the line. If I ever decide to do anything, it's always a um, where is it? Where, there's a line I feel that can be crossed to where this feels more like something I should be doing with my husband. If we're like, that's the boundary. Yeah. in a deep embrace and we're like hugging and kissing and owing and eyeing and all that stuff (laughs) that should really be with my husband. But if it's something more um, transactional, something Mm -hmm. that's just purely for pleasure, I feel like that's outside the boundary and that's safe. So I guess the, the boundaries thing always just goes right back to communication.
0: It does. And we're going to see that a lot in this season. Every time we talk about communication or boundaries, they go hand in hand. It's mm-hmm. kind of that, which comes first, the yeah. chicken or the egg.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. Good question, but I don't know. Well, you do need both. You need boundaries, but you need to communicate the boundaries.
1: That <laughs> uh. <laughs> I feel like there's so many people out here that don't communicate what works for them and what doesn't work for them. Even if my husband, even if, even if I have to say something in the most awkward way, I need to get it out and I need to vocalize it to him. So at least he knows that this, this is what's on my mind. Like, I feel like right. no matter what, you got to figure out a way to communicate to your partner, whether it's in an awkward way, a super direct way. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know.
0: And boundaries aren't just with your intimate partner. I am probably or Used to be one of the worst examples of this. I would have terrible boundaries with my family, but I mean, set really good boundaries with my friends and with my partner. But when it came to like my mom, I had no boundaries.
1: Like she, could and just that's really difficult, or something. Or?
0: Oh yeah, I mean she wouldn't. Thank oh. God. <laughs> but like. You know, like think of
1: discussing stuff with her boundaries like that kind of. Boundary. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I don't know if she's of- listening to the season, but like sometimes she tells me personal details that I'm like, whoa, boundary. I don't want to <laughs> hear that. <laughs> TMI.
1: <laughs> you know, it is TMI. But I actually respect parent-child relationships that are that open, because at the end of the day, a child is going to be a, a an adult. right? And yes, a kid should always have room to be imaginative, have fun, you know, be playful, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But I also think we should definitely talk to kids like they're kind of sort of adults. Like, so they have a cognitive understanding of the world around them instead of it being right. just this fictitious fairy tale. So that being said, I love it when I see parents like talk like first parents that allow their kids to curse around them that means your kid is at a level of comfort now I'm not saying you know disrespect your parents and be like rude and stuff but that level of comfort I feel like that carries over into your relationships as an adult. Like if you're not that comfortable with your parents, I feel like that is something that you have to learn through trial and error, and relate. which is what how I had to learn about communication mm-hmm. relationships. All my first relationships, I would just like fight the guys like I was carrying on sex in the city and expect to get dicked down at the end of the night. But that never happened. But it's only because the way I saw my parents communicate was always a scream, 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 hug, scream, 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 scream. Right. So I didn't never learn how to communicate.
0: But that's I mean that's the thing boundaries look different for everyone. It it's a very different experience from family to family. So going back to your example of being able to swear around your parents, there are some parents who are like, "Hell no, you are not swearing in front of me ever." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's that's okay. They're allowed to have that boundary with their kids. Mm-hmm. But then you have this other family on the flip side that says, you know what, you are allowed to swear around us. You're not allowed to drop F-bombs, but you can swear and you are never allowed to swear at us. That's a really good boundary.
1: That's a great boundary. But
0: it, that's their right to have that boundary. Yeah. It's also the same right for the other family to say, you're not allowed to ever swear around us. Mm-hmm. That's the rule of the house. But that's setting a boundary. Mm-hmm. But enforcing those boundaries, oh, fuck. That's that's where yeah. shit gets real.
1: Yeah. It's like, how do I say something that might make this environment uncomfortable? But I need to be assertive about this because if not, then, you know, this place becomes a shit show.
0: Right. And a lot of people don't like when you assert yourself or you remind them of a boundary that you have discussed previously. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know how to communicate it, a lot of times I see people either become very aggressive about reminding them. That's Mm -hmm. not really a healthy way to do it. Or they go so far the other way and they start sounding like therapists speak.
1: Mhm,
0: and they, then it's it's hard yeah. to hear,
1: <laughs> yeah. I've had exes that would do that, like they were start well mine more so that annoyed me was when they started talking to you, like they're your parent, like mm. oh, like spelling things out for you like you're a little dummy, and it's like, um, I thought we were equals in this relationship, and I feel like when guys do that, it kind of makes me automatically put up a wall, and I don't want to talk to them anymore, so it's like... We can't even get to talking about any of my boundaries because they've already maybe put up my wall and not even want to deal with them. And I well, like, that's, I, yeah. that's
0: the thing is how do you find that sweet spot of the communication? Because you want to communicate your boundaries assertively, but you also don't want to sound so dry and disconnected from the person you're talking to, Yeah, which happens when we start using therapy speak.
1: What do you mean by therapy speak? Is it that you stuff where you're like, you should do this, and you should really approach life like you really care, like that? Kind um,
0: of the the traditional when you say this, I feel that sounds like therapy speak. There's other ways to say to get your point across without sounding so robotic about it.
1: Oh, and
0: disconnected.
1: Do a lot of people talk like that?
0: No, not a lot of people do, but a That's lot of something. therapists will teach people to to communicate in a very simple and very assertive way when they're first learning.
1: I've heard like people speak to either like their husband or like their kid like that, like, honey, when you do that, it really makes me feel upset. And I think that, is it like that kind of, yeah that, that will make my teeth like, like grind so much. Cause it's, that's kind of passive aggressive, right?
0: It's not actually, it's actually um, very assertive, but the problem is it just sounds so icky. blah. Yeah. Instead, you know, when clients come to me and this is where I differ from therapy, I tell them to start with the I statement, mm-hmm. but be really specific. You know, I'm feeling really confused or I'm feeling really down or sad or whatever it is you're feeling.
1: I'm feeling because really. Because
0: of the situation. Yeah. Right. Where therapy might say, well, when you do this, I feel this. Instead, I like to approach it with, I feel this when the situation is that. Mm. I
1: don't think Which I've is... ever. Yeah. I no. I no. I usually see, I'm the awkward communicator sometimes, I guess. I just like, blurt shit out like i don't like it when you do that don't do that anymore it's very neurotic almost when i communicate like i bottle it up for a while and then out of nowhere i'll tell my husband i don't like that don't do that anymore (laughs) i mean not like that because i'm not trying to control him because that's the worst thing you do to a guy is tell him what to fucking do he's going to do everything (laughs) except what you told him what to do so and i've noticed that with my husband like i don't like when people like um we're out at restaurants sometimes and he talks very loud. Like he has big balls, and he talks a lot. He's a he's a he take <laughs> up space. My, you can hear my husband like on in the next state. He's like a very loud speaker. So we'll be at a, 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 a at the table. He'll be telling me a story, but it'd be so loud. I can like see people turning around. Like, oh my god, is this? Well, guess we're part of his conversation too. i be like, babe, you're talking so loud. And there have been times where he'll look at me, pause, and then continue at the volume that. He was <laughs> <laughs> Now, it's awkward because the way I do it, I'm pretty sure it's like, I'm almost like a nagging partner, like stop talking so loud because I would just interrupt the conversation. So I'm trying to figure out a way to communicate mm-hmm. that. This isn't really a boundary for me. Someone speaking loud, but it's just something I, well, I guess it is. It's something that I, that I don't really care for. Because you're embarrassed.
0: Yeah. You're embarrassed yeah. by it. I had a friend that was like that too. And every time we went out, she would project with her outside voice, even though Mm -hmm. she was inside. And a lot of our conversations were like really graphic conversations about sex, her sex life, usually, like when she's talking. And so for me, what I had to realize was that I had to really look at why am I feeling so embarrassed by this? Like, really, who cares? I'm never going to see these people again. And she's talking about herself. Now, if she was talking about me. If she was asking, if we were talking about like my sex life and she was that loud, then I would ask her politely to just lower her voice a little bit because it was embarrassing if anyone overheard, because I don't really like to share with a lot of people. I mean, except for my entire, you know, Podcast audience. audience. Yeah, but, hey, <laughs> but this is also years ago. <laughs>
1: they're choosing to take on this information from us. So if you've made a choice to listen to us, you're getting what you get. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of agree. Yeah.
0: So you have to really look at what it is about it. You know, if it's just embarrassing because everyone can hear the conversation mm. and the conversation involves your personal information, then yes, that's actually a boundary
1: the things that usually I usually get a recoil at when he does it is usually when we're talking about politics or like um, anything kind of like he, he, we like to make sexual jokes, like make, you know, innuendos and stuff that's just we yeah. like that we like dad jokes and sex jokes together we like to exchange those but sometimes he'll say it like really loud in a place and i'm like oh my god we should not be making this joke here because i could start off talking about something but i'll be like whispering it to him and then he'll be like oh yeah 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 like the time that you like licked my that come off of my like no this is not the place for that keep your inside voice and then the other times is like um politics like anything mm-hmm. talking about Trump or anything about Republican this or Democrat that I feel like you don't know who's around you. And we're living in such a, I know most people think it can be that
0: dangerous.
1: That's my feelings about that. Like, mm-hmm. like I understand we we should all be vocal about our feelings, but you don't know who's standing around you at all times and looks can be deceiving and it can mm-hmm. create tension where tension doesn't need to be. So those are usually the times where I'm like, no, let's not have this conversation at a volume that everyone can hear.
0: So in order to set a really good boundary around something like that is to really know ahead of time why it's triggering for you. Why does it make you uncomfortable? Is it fear? Is it whatever it is? And to be able to articulate to your partner how you are feeling when those situations happen. Mm -hmm. And that's how you set the boundary because then you have to come up with a way for you guys to work on it together. It's not going to magically stop. Somebody who projects like that doesn't just magically stop projecting Yeah. the next day. So you have to come up with a plan of action of, you know, when we are having these conversations, what can we do? What can I do to help remind you that you're speaking at a higher volume, right? Maybe you do a little tell, like you do a little... Glance, You come up with some kind of language that you can say, mm. um, but it has to be something that doesn't feel condescending to him.
1: That was going to be my next question because I'm pretty sure some people listening right now, it's like how, because at the end of the day, the way you're feeling about this, the way you're approaching is it, almost like a parent to a child. You're trying to correct a behavior in someone that is obviously natural to them. How do you do something like that without coming off condescending, without coming off sounding like a parent, without nuking your sex life with each other?
0: Oh, absolutely. Like yeah.
1: If your partner starts to see you as this nagging ass bitch, then it's like, where do I go from there? It's like, how do we even have sex if every time I talk, I'm like, can you not do this? Because I remember my first relationship. My boyfriend at the time would nag me so much about certain, like, minute dumb shit. Like, you need to squeeze a toothpaste a certain way. And every day he would just get on my fucking nerves about it. (laughs) It kind of killed the sex.
0: (laughs) I'm the toothpaste person. That's why I laugh. (laughs) Well, squeeze from the bottom, damn it.
1: Yeah, well, I get it. But then it kind of killed the sex vibes because every time I looked at him, I kind of looked at him like my dad or something like this guy that just keeps nagging me to change this right. behavior to suit his pleasure.
0: Now, there, because th- there is a way to communicate those things instead mm-hmm. of selling your telling your partner, stop squeezing in the middle of the toothpaste and getting pissed off every time they do it, which is a habit for them. Mm-hmm. you have to come up with another solution maybe you have separate tubes of toothpaste not a bad solution
1: that really is not a bad solution at
0: or you get one of those clips that goes at the bottom of the toothpaste I have had to do that before because my dad always taught me to roll the toothpaste mm-hmm. so that way I, I don't know I'd I get just,
1: it saving
0: pennies thing.
1: Exactly. That era. Mm-hmm.
0: And so it really stuck with me. And so I'm that person who I roll the bottom of my toothpaste. And when I'm dating someone or if someone stays the night and they squeeze from the middle, I'm just like, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> so I've learned that it's one of two things. Either I get one of those clips that rolls it and you clip it. And if they squeeze in the middle, it's not such a big deal anymore because it doesn't push it down. Or we have separate toothpaste. And then we don't ever talk about it. And it's not a conversation anymore.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's it's like, but is that communicating or just problem solving on your end?
0: No, you have to have the conversation about it. So you have to sit down with your partner and have the conversation about it and see what they want to do as well. It has to be, and we've said this multiple times, you and your partner solving the solution to the problem. The problem is not the partner. The problem is not you. The problem is the toothpaste or the loud talking. Mm. That's the problem. But your partner's not the problem. No, he's so not together, problem you come up with the solution of, babe, what do we need to do so that I feel comfortable and you feel comfortable? because i don't want you to feel that i am trying to change you but i'm really embarrassed when we're in public and we start talking about our sex life or politics and the people around us can hear that yeah so do you see how the conversation shifts a little the language shifts a little it's not like you're doing this you 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 it's this is the situation what can we do what what would be comfortable for you for me to be, remind you, right, that's not condescending and it doesn't sound like, dude,
1: shut up, right? That's yeah. not nice. Yeah. Is that always immediately after I do that, I always feel bad because I'm not trying to, like, dim his light. And I want him to start looking at me like, oh, this one's like, I'm just trying. I'm just excited about the fucking thing. and He's telling me to shut up. And it's not really that. It's just, you know. hmm. Just sometimes when our conversation is just to be between us, that's all. And right. I, it's like, yeah. <laughs> what,
0: do you start talking softer when he does that?
1: We are yin and yang with that. It's always ha when it's coming towards me. It's like, because people can never fucking hear me except for on this show, I guess. But then he's usually very. <laughs> <laughs> but then he's usually very, he's the complete opposite of me. He's very loud speaker. So whereas he's mm-hmm. usually very loud, people are usually asking me to repeat myself. So
0: to speak up. Yeah. Because you're trying to offset his loudness. Yeah. So, and the flip side, you might benefit if you start speaking up a little bit and get yourself in the habit of having a a moderate tone, right? Because his volume's loud, yours is too quiet. But if you guys can meet in the middle,
1: there you go. He might, he might be like, why are we yelling at each other? Like you think that's like- <laughs> He'll probably start to be like, he's talking very loud. like ugh.
0: Because it's so common for that to happen. Have you ever seen people on a cell phone or especially on speakerphone or have earbuds in and they're talking really loud because they can't hear? Mm-hmm. So instead of you talking quietly because he's being loud, you need to bring your volume up so that you're a little bit louder and easy to hear. And I bet you anything he'll start to come down slightly. Because you're overcompensating for each other. He can't hear you, and he's too loud for you. Like ah, me in the middle.
1: (laughs) I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna start speaking up more. That might be a confidence issue, but who knows? But yeah, (laughs) (sighs) it could be. Yeah, it could be. Probably is.
0: (laughs) But yeah, like boundaries are so tough. I I really think they are probably the most challenging element of relationships that we just don't think about. We don't really pay much attention to. And it is the one thing that can make or break a relationship as well.
1: Yeah. Cause if you can't communicate, what do you have? Cause I mean, I see these people like we've mentioned in other episodes where they, it's just purely attraction and that's it. It's like, once Mm -hmm. you start to like take that away or the sex slows down, if you can't discuss with each other what you want and don't want, then that relationship is doomed. And we've seen those relationships where they're like quiet around each other. Yeah. Like little simple things are like, oh, what kind of drink does she like? If like you're out together with someone and like, oh, tell me what, I'll get it for her. Oh, actually, I don't know. Like simple stuff like that is kind of sometimes a, a sign that they're not talking.
0: <laughs> or paying any attention. Or paying Come any on. attention. That should be an yeah. easy one.
1: <laughs> yeah, it should be an easy one, but you don't be surprised.
0: But resentment kind of comes along with it, right? So think of the classic alone time, the Mm -hmm. introvert, extrovert. I need my time. I don't communicate to my partner. This is a boundary. I need my time. I need my downtime, especially when two people move in together. Oh, that's the fucking best. When two people start spending all their time together, Mm -hmm. you know, you used to go to his house or her house, and then you would go back to your house, whatever it is. But yeah. you had your alone time. You got separation. Then you go and you move in together and you're like, damn, I have no space for just me. This person is here all, all the, the time.
1: fucking time. Yeah.
0: So that- how do you get your space back? You have to communicate. Hey, hun, I need some alone time. I'm going to go in this room and read by myself and I'll be back out in like an hour, whatever it is. Right. But you have to find a way to communicate that. And that's that boundary to say, I need some time by myself, especially men. Men need time to decompress. And this is a huge problem in a lot of relationships. The guy comes home from work. She's been working as well. And now you have kids. Who takes care of the kids? Well, he needs to decompress, but she might want to decompress too. And no one's communicating and now you're fighting and the kids are screaming and dinner's not made. And none of this sounds exciting. I don't know why y'all have kids.
1: <laughs> Someone has to keep the population going and might as well be. <laughs> and now the gays turns out they want to have kids too. Who knew?
0: <laughs> if you can communicate what your needs are, then you can come to an agreement you know, of how it's going to look. How are you guys going to get your decompression time? How are you going to get your cave time? How are you can get your loan time? How are you going to pull your shit back together again after a long day of work when there's a lot going on?
1: At the end of the day, I feel like we're two individual people. And that is super, like the pandemic was so trying for us because- <laughs> we have this one bedroom apartment and there were days where he, oh. it was a long period of time where he worked from home. I and remember that I'm an actor. I, I could be anywhere and nowhere. And at the exact mm-hmm. same time, I'm also fucking unemployed. So that being said, I was here all the time too. You know, I had, to, I had to become, I had to create like a workout routine. I, I started businesses just to keep me busy, you know, mm-hmm. between, uh, whatever. I'm not going to get too much into like my finances stuff. I'm just, you know, I know how to take care of money anyway. So we were here all the time by ourselves and it was really trying on our relationship to the point where I'm not going to lie. I think we've discussed it. It's almost affected us slightly sexually in a way. And I'm saying that because we've gotten so familiar with each other over the last three years of spending every day like it started with us moving across the country being in a car together for seven days you know and mm-hmm. that was great but then we jumped in from that and then we lived together he had his job i had my jobs and then, then the pandemic happened i can see why so many relationships broke up but we we made it through it all because we were somehow figured out a way to communicate because i remember one day he started doing his fucking workouts after work and i like flipped the fuck out because i'm like you have been here all day i can't get any and it, we, We yelled at each other, but then he went on a walk and came back. And then we just started to talk like this. We don't know how long this is going to last. Like Mm -hmm. I wanted to totally affect our relationships, but we're going to have to like figure out a way to get through this. So we just figured out a way to just say what's on our mind um, give each other space. Like I can be moody sometimes. So if I'm like that, he'll just give me my space and let me come back to him when I'm ready. That is one boundary. Other guys did not accept from me. If I was in a bad mood, they're like, no, you're going to get out of this bad mood. You're going to come have fun with me. And already I'm just like, ah, I hate you. So it's like, you know, giving that. Right.
0: And you guys didn't have a boundary set up around it. Hence the explosiveness of the conversation initial conversation mm-hmm. then you took your time collected mm-hmm. yourself and came back and realized we need a boundary so let's communicate how we can do this yeah
1: but in all of that it, do- it has created a whole new thing on our relationship I don't know if it's just the being married for a few years or just a famili- familiarity of each other like I find my husband wildly handsome <laughs> and I think he finds me sexy but I can see how in other relationships, after a while, you just become so familiar with the person that yeah, you need to communicate something to keep the fire burning because, I don't know.
0: Well, that's just reigniting that spark. Yeah. Seeing all of our listeners love that word, spark, so much. We're just going to run with it. Yeah. People love it. But yeah, that's, you know, once you're in a in a relationship with someone for so long, it kind of becomes very routine Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and you need to spice it up Mm -hmm. and everyone needs to spice it up different ways. But if you have really good boundaries in place already, then spicing it up will be easier.
1: Reigniting
0: the spark will be so much easier because you know, to what degree you can go to, how far you can take something, whether it's sexual, whether it's You know, playing these role play games out in public, which a lot of couples love to do, you know, that pretending that you're just meeting each other kind of thing. If you don't have good boundaries in the relationship already, Mm. then when you're out playing these games, you might take some shit a little too far and really piss off your partner.
1: Mm. Okay. I mean, that's really good advice because it's like there are certain things that I do to like, you know, spark up the mood or. Like, I love wearing like thongs now all the time. <laughs> anyway, but um, me too. <laughs> they're so, like, I
0: don't get why people hate them. Like, I think they're so much better because now I don't get a wedgie
1: and it's like permanently there. <laughs> and you kind of feel sexy when you wear them in a way. Yeah. Like, I think there's something Absolutely. important about feeling sexy yourself in that yeah. way because now what I'm noticing is like my husband will grab my ass more or he'll fill me up more. Cause I'm like walking around either nude in a thong or in my, um, it's, I have like one of those onesies that men used to wear union suits, you know, where the oh, ass is out and stuff Yeah, like, I like to wear all that sexy shit around the house. So I'm noticing more and more like, he like, you know, grass, so hopefully, you know, I'm communicating to him that I am, ready and available for <laughs> all kinds of kinky shit whenever they are possibly ready to have I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, but like, I, I agree. I know it's a little off topic, but I think it's an important one that if you feel sexy, if you feel good, whether it's having sexy underwear on or for me personally, and the, sorry, folks, this is TMI. Um, it's, Knowing that I'm well groomed, mm-hmm. that everything's always like ready to go, no matter no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. But it's ready.
1: I it's, wish I had I'm that groomed. Comfort. I mean,
0: I know that no one else <laughs> needs to know that. Well, not everybody knows that. Yeah. <laughs> like no one else needs to know that. But Andrea I know. <laughs> is
1: always ready to go. If you see her walking about, she could get fobs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am groomed. I'm ready to go down there. Got my thong. Got everything.
1: I mean, if you're single, I feel like that should be a thing. That's another even thing. You're not,
0: like, even if you're uh, not single, even if you're in a relationship, because it'll make you feel good. It'll make you feel sexy. And even if you're in a relationship, maybe you take the afternoon off and have a quickie at home, but your shit's ready to go.
1: It is ready to go. Yeah, I got to get more ready to go for other areas of my sex life. but I think that's where I probably got lazy and why I scared him off. Because, you know, we're gay men. I don't have the luxury of having a vagina that can go if I'm horny. You know, mm. there's some prep work now. I'm pretty sure it's prep work for you. But I I think for gay men, there's just slightly more prep work if they're going to go and have sex. So and I feel like in, in maybe in gay relationships, that could become the thing that makes the sex go stale when one partner or the other starts to become lackadaisical about all of the routines that are in place right. around the sex lives of being a gay man. And. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Shit. I Yeah. I, I build a boundary for myself around not taking care of my kitty the way I'm supposed to, so he can have access to it.
0: Well, I mean, women have that every month where we have this issue, of, not issue. It's not an issue. Sorry, ladies. I didn't mean to call it an issue. I mean, it
1: kind of is. You're like in pain and bleeding. It's <laughs> like an issue.
0: I know a lot of women look at it as this, it's this beautiful thing that I fucking call it an inconvenience for me personally. It's a goddamn inconvenience. I don't like, I'm not complaining about it because I know a lot of women really, really suffer. I don't, it's just literally just feels like an inconvenience when it happens because now I gotta be aware of it and it gets in the way of my sex life. Sometimes, Wait, do you
1: still get like, this is an ignorant ass question. Please forgive me.
0: It's not ignorant. You're a man. Do you still get
1: like (laughs) horny even when their period is going on? Like there are times where I'm like sick. I can have the flu and I'd still jerk one out. Like, you know, so is how is it for?
0: So again, to all of our wonderful listeners, this is TMI. Right before I get my period, I get horny as fuck. It's like heightened. Right before, and I know, like, oh, oh I'm gonna get shit. it any day now. It's oh, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then during <laughs> it, I'm just like, damn it.
1: <laughs> now, are you but are you still like in the mood though, while your body is doing what it's doing for that period of time?
0: There are a couple days, like, I uh, sorry guys for our listeners, but I like need to hear this shit. What's yeah, like, like mm. heavy flow days. I'm like, eh. Mm-mm. Loadedness, whatever i'm not in the mood but like when it starts to taper off and it's a little bit lighter then i'm like yeah let's let's do this shit
1: mm-hmm. i Extra mean there are there are different definitely different levels of men out there you know that mm-hmm. go f- deep into it because i don't want to make this show too graphic right now because that's what it's, this is not what it's about
0: oh i'm pretty actually, sure everyone just went oh
1: actually that is a boundary like You're in a Mm -hmm, relationship mm -hmm. because I've heard this before guys like a woman would have her period and he still wants to do stuff. And she's like, no, no, no. Don't touch me. Yeah. That should be a boundary that should be respected, even though you're in a relationship. Because there are some times I have gotten mad at my husband. This is going to sound embarrassing. Hopefully he doesn't get mad if I share this. But I remember one night. Okay, I'm gonna pull it back to women. But just one night I came out <laughs> in my hair bonnet because I have to protect my hair at night with a jar of Vaseline. I'm like, you wanna get fucked? And my husband looked at me and laughed. He says, not looking like that. But I'm <laughs> back to like, there are men. It- reason why I said it because I got mad afterwards. I was like, oh, I can never get ass if I want it. Like, I- it's like, I'm tired of, I sh- you should give it to me when I ask for it. There are men out there that I've imagined, that I would imagine, like, if a woman is going through that, he's like, she should still, I don't know, give me anal sex, give me a blowjob, something. Um, And there are men that would go down or do things with a woman while she's going through that. And that should be, I feel like, a boundary that should be respected, whether the Mm -hmm. person is into going further and deeper or not. Because even for gay men, feces, I'm sorry, but um, some Mm -hmm. gay men are like, hey, paint me. And other men are like, if I see even a speck, I am running the fuck out of here. And that's community. A hundred percent.
0: A hundred percent. And that is one of those boundaries that is different for every single person. Yeah, You're never going to have someone be exactly the same as the last person or the previous person from that or so on. It has to be communicated. It has to be a boundary that's set, uh, especially when it comes to intimacy, because it's going to be different for everyone because there's so many moving parts to it, right? It's, you know, okay, babe, you have your period. Does that mean I can't touch you? Does that mean I can touch you? Does that mean, you know, what does that mean? Can we not fool around? Will you still give me a blow job? Can we still have sex? Can I, wh- I mean, it's just, it's on on and on and on and on, but. You have to communicate this with your partner in the beginning. Don't leave it to be a guessing game. Well, guess how I'm feeling today? What? That's fucking bullshit. Just mm-hmm. set the boundary of look. This is how I feel about it. I, you know, I don't like to have sex when I'm on those heavy flow days. But I promise, I'll. I can rally on lighter days,
1: or what if you're if like, don't touch back.
0: me. Wait until but after.
1: What if he comes back when you say that and he says, oh, I don't care. Let's go.
0: The boundary is I care, right? The boundary is saying this is how I feel and I need you to respect that. And if he says, well, I don't give a shit. Well, he's telling you that he doesn't care about your boundary. He doesn't respect your boundary. Bye. Red flag.
1: Is it, or is it just, he's more concerned with you being, just hear me out, just concerned. (laughs) Like, is he more concerned with you being more in the moment and just going with it? Because we are animals, shit happens, things happen. And I think some men approach sex in a way, let's just finish like, hey, yeah, this is gross. I get it, but I'm still going. And I think sometimes- In my opinion, we could get too wrapped up in our heads about, yes, we're talking about boundaries, but I almost feel like, do our boundaries stop us from really exploring things with our partner because we have boundaries?
0: So here's the thing. Again, boundaries are guidelines to be respected, right? I always say they're a line in the sand. They're not a wall. So that particular example, you have a boundary set, female to male, for the example, she says on heavy bleed days, I don't want to have sex because for one, it's not comfortable for me. Those are the days I'm usually bloated, blah, 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 whatever, whatever the reasoning is, right? You have the right to say during when I'm bleeding, I don't want to have sex with you. And setting the boundary of, I'm not feeling very sexy. I'm not feeling sexual at all. So you have to have the conversation with your partner to say, like, what does this look like? Does it mean that I won't pleasure you as well? Does it mean I'll pleasure you, but you can't really pleasure me during whatever it is for you? You have to communicate that if he comes back at you and says, well, I don't care that you're bleeding. I think we should just do it anyways. Blood doesn't scare me. And you say, but I don't feel good. It's not It's not fun for me. I don't want to have sex during that time. And he continues to say, well, yeah, but I don't care. Mm-hmm. We should just do it anyways. Then he's not respecting the boundary you're setting.
1: Okay. Now that being said, can boundaries evolve? Like can there come of a course. point? Okay. So they
0: have to change and grow with the relationship. You can't keep them... And not expect them to shift at all because, you know, maybe you get into a new relationship, you've been dating for like three months, and that's your initial boundary no sex during the period, Mm -hmm. right? Menstruating, no sex, right? Now you're talking two years down, you're still in the same relationship with this person, and you're like, well, I'm really comfortable with my partner. So now the boundary is shifted Mm -hmm. because we can have sex when I'm bleeding because I trust you and I love you, and we have this this growth that's happening between us. So yeah, of course, they're always going to change and shift, but you have to communicate those changes.
1: And respect the initial boundaries set.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds like a lot. And I know a lot of people are listening to probably thinking like, God, this is so much fucking work. Relationships are work. If you don't want to put in the effort for, if you don't want to put in the work, don't be in a relationship.
1: I always think of that Britney Spears song, work, bitch. You want a hot body? (laughs) (laughs) You want a Bugatti? (laughs) You better work, bitch. No, seriously. It's with anything in life. I'm in this improv class right now and I'm scared shitless because I don't know if I'm intimidating to my classmates or they think I'm, I don't know. Either way. I know that in order for me to get better, I have to put in the work. I can't get Mm -hmm. scared and like, you know, go back into my corner and like, you know, cry myself to sleep. The only way we can get the things that we want, whether it's a great relationship, a nice body, speaking of which, not that this has anything to do with our show. I got body shamed the other day at the gym. I like to, okay. So I like to walk. I don't usually wrap my towel around me because I'm like, it's just why it's a men's fucking locker room. So I use the sauna. I put down a little small towel when I'm in the sauna to like sweat it out. I don't wear swim because I feel like that's dumb. I just think that's fucking dumb. I don't know why um, I do that. And then I take a shower. I dry myself off. And then I lotion my body up and dry my hair in the mirror. I like to look at myself. I used to be a fat boy. I never loved looking at myself. Now I'm mm-hmm. probably in the best shape of my life. I enjoy looking at myself. This guy is in the locker room like, these motherfucking posers walking around here, they need to be wearing swim trunks. You see this side right here says, wear swim trunks. You need to wear swim trunks. And I'm just like, whoa, this guy must have a whole lot of boundaries in his relationships with people, in life. Because to like get triggered out by something so basic and so simple as a naked man, I'm like, people are walking mm-hmm. around this world just like...
0: I don't think that's a boundaries thing for him. I think it's some type of deep-rooted either. It could be a mul- multitude of things, right? Yeah. He's jealous. It could easily be jealousy. I don't want you walking around because I'm jealous of the way you look, or I'm offended by it because maybe I've had sexual thoughts before about men and you're triggering that. Who the fuck knows? It could be. Mm. so many different things Mm.
1: i know it had nothing to do with boundaries but i feel like a boundary of mine was affected like uh body shaming i feel like that's something that should never happen in relationships it's like with anyone not i I don't have a relationship with this guy but just in general it's like the whole notion of like telling someone to cover up their body or being like less uh, confident with what they have which we should
0: never body shame
1: which goes back to the initial conversation when you were mentioning over time, people get more comfortable is because they get more comfortable with themselves. Mm-hmm. And it just made me think that I feel like so many people are out here not comfortable with themselves and that kind of manifests in poor communication of what makes them happy and what doesn't make them happy. Which in least It's just, I feel like we create this web of unhappiness based on not communicating and not really putting our boundaries out there and not getting the lives that we want. I mean, in a nutshell,
0: <laughs> I'm like what? That just, ooh. huh? Setting a boundary is a way to tell someone that you respect yourself. Yeah. I set boundaries with the people around me because I need them to know that I respect myself. I ha- I hold myself in high regard. I don't have this huge ego. I want to respect my time. I want to respect my space. But in exchange, I also want to show you these people out there that I care about that I respect you. And I do that by having my own boundaries and respecting your boundaries. So they go two ways. It's not all about our own boundaries. I know we just spent an hour talking about setting our own. It's also about showing your partner, your friend, your coworker, your boss, your family member, strangers strangers that you respect theirs too. And that's much harder to do because it means having a certain level of awareness around it.
1: But I think that's the key to healthier relationships is communicating. Yes. I can't even say more than that. It's just that word.
0: Yes, it's really understanding and respecting your partner's boundaries, setting your own boundaries, and continuously communicating. If you have a partner who's not willing to put in the work, if you're listening to us and you're like, fuck, that's too much work. Relationships shouldn't be that much work. You are, di- I'll, I'll, I'm not going to name call. Mm-hmm. Then maybe you need to reconsider if you really want to be in a relationship. A a relationship can give you so much independence. It can give you so much freedom. It can be so exciting and enjoyable, Mm -hmm. but it takes work and it takes a lot of effort to set boundaries and to communicate. And on that note.
1: And on that note, (laughs) because I don't want to digress any further than I already have in this episode.
0: And I don't want to go too far into communicating boundaries because guess what, folks? We're going to talk about that in some upcoming episodes. But we love y'all. And thanks for being back with us for season four. I'm so excited that we're on
1: season four. Right? Yesterday, we were just starting our little show, you know, getting our guests on. And now here we are. Fourth season. Let's see where it and
0: is. I know... I've been hearing a lot of our listeners asking, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? When are you coming back? During the break, we're back. So send us your questions. We want to know what you want to hear from us this season. Remember, the season is all about relationships. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be a guest and do a relationship unfiltered episode, let us know and we'll see if it fits in and if yes. it's a good match
1: especially if you're in like an open relationship I feel like in I'm sorry a successful open relationship I don't want people to like yeah I had a few failed one of those I would like to I would (laughs) love it if we can like if you're listening and you know someone that's interested in having a conversation about being in an open relationship because that is a relationship and it seems to be happening to more and more straight couples and gay couples we'd love to have you on the show to like talk about your experiences the pros and cons and how you've Managed to communicate, set boundaries and made it work. So
0: that is a huge one about boundaries and communication. So yes, that would be, i that would be great. But it, even if you're in just whatever your relationship looks like, just reach out to us. We'll We'll see if you're a good fit for the episode. And we're really glad that you're back listening with
1: us. Yay. Love y'all. Bye now.
0: Well, that's a wrap on today's episode, but it's certainly not a wrap on us. Check out my website, datesmartersexier.com, where you can get your copy of my book, sign up for dating courses, or join the matchmaking community. We appreciate you listening to this episode. Please like and follow us on your favorite podcast streaming site. And if you'd like to get involved, shoot us an email at datesmarterpodcast at gmail.com. Whether you'd like to be a guest or simply want your question answered, we are here to help. And remember, all of our questions remain anonymous. Until next time, keep dating smarter. Thank you for listening to this episode of Date Smarter, Sexier. If you'd like more information on how you can be more successful with love and dating, or to schedule a free consultation with me, your dating coach and matchmaker, please visit datesmartersexier.com and please subscribe to this show at your favorite podcast streaming platform. Gentlemen, if you're looking for a company that's all about helping men like you achieve optimal health, wellness, and vitality, you should check out The Gentleman Company. They offer a wide range of natural supplements and wellness products to help men like you feel and perform your best every single day. So for more information, visit www.gentlemn.co. That's gentlemen
1: without the A. You can thank me later.